Oh. 
After 6 a.m., good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. Shlomo Katz. Leif Tahar here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, you heard the uh, Aish selection, Rachmana. That's words from the uh, Slicha service. Emein Anili Mili, that was Mordechai Ben David. Yoni Jakubovic, brand new with the Harenu. Barosh Hashana, the Nochi Kron Band. And from Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Tuesday on this September the 15th, day 26 in the month of Elul, the year 5780. Uh, those of you on our mailing list should have received a Rosh Hashanah Shana Tova greeting card from us. If you're on our mailing list, and we take this opportunity on this Tuesday before the brand new year to wish all of our listeners from my family, from all the families involved in the Nahum Siegel Network, and of course from the network family, a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. On this historic day, today is a historic day. We'll explain in a moment. It's Tuesday, September the 15th, day 26, in the month of Elul, the year 5780. The brand new year starts on Friday night. 56 degrees. It is Sukkis weather out there. <laughs> That's how it felt this morning. I, I walked outside about 515 this morning. And I said to myself, wow, it feels like Sukkis. 56 degrees, 60% humidity. Yeah, only only we would understand what that means, right? Sukkis weather. 60% humidity, winds are west at 9 miles per hour. Abundant sunshine today, a high reaching 71. Clear skies tonight, low 58. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 77 degrees. Yushalayim right now is at 89. We're at 56 in New York as we say good morning at JM in the AM. It's a historic day. And um, in the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to be speaking with somebody who has been working for a long, long time to establish the uh, Jewish community of the UAE. And um, today's a big day, as the Jerusalem Post writes in their article today. The historic deal and the UAE... The historic deal Israel and the UAE will sign Tuesday at the White House will be a peace treaty, Prime Minister Netanyahu said on Monday, upgrading the event from a formal recognition of ties with two Gulf states, including Bahrain. It had previously been unclear if the agreement to be signed will be normalization or peace since Israel and the UAE had not previously been at war. We worked on it for many years, Netanyahu said. This is a tremendous turning point in the history of Israel and the Middle East. It will have a great and positive influence on all citizens of Israel. Netanyahu promised that more countries are on the way as well. At the same time, the Prime Minister said that he does not forget for a minute that these are difficult days for all of us in light of Friday's planned lockdown to curb the spread of coronavirus. By the way, parenthetically, uh, it seems that all chauffeur blowers and canters in Israel will be able to move around and uh, I assume walk to their destinations on uh, Shabbos and Sunday. Well, the chauffeur blowers on Sunday, but you get my point. Uh, anyway, um, Netanyahu noted that he spoke with Health Minister Yuli Edelstein and Finance Minister Yisrael Katz from Washington. Israel will be signing two separate documents, one the peace treaty with the UAE, the other a declaration of intent to make peace with Bahrain because there wasn't enough time to draw up a full agreement since Friday when ties were announced. The four sides... Involved agreed not to make any parts of the agreements public before the signings, but a source from the Prime Minister's delegation said they will discuss cooperation between the countries. The signing ceremony is expected to take place in the White House South Lawn. A thousand people were invited, among them Shelley Adelson, 
a supporter of both Netanyahu and Trump. Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs Director Dory Gold, who as Director General of the Foreign Ministry, opened an Israeli mission to the International Renewable Energy Agency in Abu Dhabi. Hungarian Foreign Minister Peter Shisarto will be the only EU diplomatic leader to attend the signing ceremony. Israel has sought to have its delegation stand at a distance from the rest so that its members will not have to be quarantined due to coronavirus restrictions upon their return to Israel. Netanyahu is expected to meet with Trump in the Oval Office before the signing. Their wives will have a separate meeting. Much of the specific areas of cooperation between Israel and the UAE that Israeli officials discussed with their Emirati counterparts in Abu Dhabi, led by National Security Advisor Mayor Ben Shabbat two weeks ago, are still under negotiation and will not be in the agreement on Tuesday. The peace treaty with the UAE will have to be brought to a vote in the cabinet and then the Knesset after Netanyahu signs it, which is the same process as past peace agreements. The treaty will say it only goes into effect after the cabinet's authorization. The UAE and Bahrain will be the third and fourth Arab countries to make peace with Israel after Egypt and Jordan. As for the Palestinians, the source in the Prime Minister's allegation said the diplomatic fruits will come later. He wouldn't specify if suspending Israeli extension of sovereignty in parts of Judea and Samaria or freezing Israeli construction in those areas would be part of the agreement. Meretz leader Nitzan Horowitz said he heard from authorized sources that Israel had agreed to freeze construction in the settlements as part of the peace agreements. In response, a source said Horowitz sources as a politician are worse than when he was a journalist. <laughs> UAE Minister of State for International Cooperation Rima Hashimi told CNN the historic deal with Israel is an indication that we, have keen, that we are keen on a new narrative of hope and prosperity where you have dialogue and debate. So today's the day that this is all happening in Washington, D.C. Pretty amazing, frankly. We will speak to somebody who I would assume is really, really celebrating this achievement uh, later on in this broadcast in the 7 o'clock hour, actually about a half hour from now. Uh, we'll have that for you coming up at JM in the AM. Um, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets Nationwide. Check out A&H today. And uh, don't forget that all the A&H hot dogs, the regular hot dogs, are available in um, all Trader Joe's nationwide. Keep that in mind. Uh, Ariella Steinreich from Steinreich Communications is going to join us. They've announced that they're expanding their reach to the UAE, which is a very interesting development. Well, she'll join us in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. Lots going on here at JM&AM, to say the least. Uh, if you're looking for a job, don't forget our email address, resume at nahumsegel.com. Again, that's resume at nahumsegel.com. Uh, anything in the not-for-profit Jewish professional area is passed on, of course, to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. Uh, but otherwise, we try very hard to match you up with a potential employee, employer, and, you know... Um, and if it's not you, if it's somebody else who, uh, you know, is in your life, who you know about, who needs a, uh, who needs a job, get us their resume. I would hope you would. And again, that's uh, resume at nachumsegel.com. Oh, we've told you about the brand new Chovos Halvavos. Listen to me for a second, everybody. Those of you who are into the Musser book, the Musser Sefer Chovos Halvavos, Many of you are aware of the special section of that book, of that safer called Shar Habitachon. It is something that I, frankly, and we'll discuss this tomorrow with Gedalia Zlotowitz, I, frankly, have been into for a long, long time. It is amazing. And to have this in your hands, the brand new Shar Habitachon, 
uh, this week before Rosh Hashanah and or next week during the Aseris Made Shuva is amazing. And right now our friends at Art Scroll, with all the stuff they have, believe me, they have a lot of stuff out there right now. They have put this on special for our listeners uh, for that very purpose because they know what I think about it and they know how important it is to get it into Jewish homes. So if you go to artscroll.com, go to artscroll.com, look up the brand new release, Shar Habitachon of Chovos Halvavos. Again, that Shar Habitachon of Chavos, Chovos Halvavos. Um, it's 15% off and free shipping with promo code radio. It is 15% off and free shipping with promo code radio. So check it out. Shar Habitachon, it's brand new. Well worth it. It's in Hebrew and English. Really for every member of the family, but if you know somebody who's into it, who's, who loves Chavos Alvavos and loves Shahar Bitochon, this is an amazing work. Simple as that. I want to thank our com- those who are commenting on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Trucker Yit says, Happy Tuesday. Listener Tikva says, Boker Tovi Betach Tikva. Tadarabat to you. Uh, we will check out the video that, I don't know if we'll get to it during the show, but someone on the app is recommending a video, which we'll try to get to later. At some point today, listener Sandy says it's 48 degrees in Muncie. I'm telling you, sookest weather, sookest weather. I don't know if anybody uh, could disagree with me. If you walk outside and uh, and feel what it's like out there, just remarkable. I'm telling you, real sookest weather in the middle of September, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, visit partnersintorah.org and arrange to become a mentor for someone who wants to learn more about our heritage. It's easier than you think. Call 1-800-STUDY-42. That's 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and the number two, or log on to partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org, a perfect time of year to become a mentor for somebody who wants to learn more about our heritage. Tuesday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM, and you have this special treat, more Shlomo Katz. It is the seventh of his 40 for 40 selections, and it's out, and here it is at JM in the AM. Yeah. 
Yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Shimon Kramer and Nashir Biyachad. Yemen Naraya medley was done by Micha Gammerman. You heard Shlomo Katz, brand new, from the 40 for 40 with uh, Adam Yisodo. Words from the uh, Yemen Naraya high holidays service here at J.M. in the A.M. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and NachumSingle.com, and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Big day today in Washington, of course. It's the UAE, it's Bahrain, it's Israel, it's the United States, all together on the White House South Lawn. Ceremony later today. We'll talk more about it in both the 7 and 8 o'clock hours this morning here at JM and the AM. A historic day. Keep it in mind. If your children, grandchildren, students, constituents, congregants don't understand how historic this is, a day like today... Make sure to explain it to them. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boketo from JM in the AM. Galitzal Mirushalayim, Asha Stein. Shalom Rav, Kanoam Aviram, Mimashe Kurachav. Pilsum Rishon. 
הממונה על המאבק בקורונה, הפרופסור גמזו, תוקף את שרי הממשלה עסוקים בפוליטיקה במקום לשדר מצב חירום. עם הפרטים כתבנו לענייני בריאות, מאיר מרציאנו. בהערכת מצב שהתקיימה מוקדם יותר במשרד הבריאות, גם זו לדברי מספר גורמים זעם ותקף את שרי הממשלה. לדבריו, כל שר מנסה להגמיש את ההגבלות בתחומי אחריות משרדו, והשרים לא משדרים מצב חירום לציבור. עוד תקף גם זו את השר אלקין ואמר כי הוא מתמהמה בהצגת מתווה לשבים מאומן, על אף שמונה לעמוד בראש צוות שרים לנושא. כמו כן, גם זו אמר שיילחם בשר גלנט כדי להביא... לסגירת מערכת החינוך גם לאחר הסגר, לנוכח נתוני התחלואה הגבוהים. והשר אלקין מסר בתגובה לדברים, הצוות שעוסק במתווה אומן התכנס מספר פעמים בעשרת הימים האחרונים. אם הפרופסור גמזו היה טורח להתעדכן אצל שר הבריאות אדלשטיין, שגם הוא חבר בצוות, הוא היה יכול להיות קצת יותר מחובר למציאות במקרה הזה, כמו גם במקרים רבים נוספים. בתוך כך, כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש מוסר שהממונה גמזו פנה לשר הבריאות אדלשטיין ולשר החינוך גלנט בבקשה להשבית את הלימודים כבר ממחר ולא ביום שישי. מנכ"ל משרד הבריאות לשעבר, הפרופסור גבי ברבש, מתח ביקורת חריפה אצל יעל דן על התנהלות הממשלה. לא לעשות הקלות בכלום, ללכת לסגר שהיה פה בפסח. אם לא, אנחנו עלולים למצוא את עצמנו בעוד חודש עם סגר ובלי ההישגים שלו. הציבור איבד תקווה. אף אחד לא מצליח לתת לו את התקווה שהפעם זה יתנהל בסדר, כי הציבור לא מטומטם, רואה איך אין אחד שמקבל החלטה בשביל כל הסיפור הזה, ולכן אני לא בטוח כמה הוא ישתף פעולה. בעוד חמש שעות יחל בבית הלבן טקס חתימת הסכם השלום עם איחוד האמירויות והצהרת השלום עם בחריין. מדווחת שליחתנו לפמליית ראש הממשלה בוושינגטון, מוריה אסרף וולברג. כאן בוושינגטון הכנות אחרונות לקראת הטקס שייערך בשעה 12 שעון ארצות הברית, 7 בערב שעון ישראל. לטקס החתימה יגיעו שרי החוץ של איחוד האמירויות ובחריין. עוד לפני הטקס צפוי ראש הממשלה נתניהו להיפגש עם נשיא ארצות הברית דונלד טראמפ. ואנחנו כאן בגלי צה"ל נשדר בשידור מיוחד את הטקס החגיגי משש וחצי הערב בהגשת עידן קבלר וג'קי חוגי. משפט ראש הממשלה נתניהו, הפרקליטות הגישה לבית המשפט המחוזי בירושלים את סדר העדים הצפוי. כתבנו לענייני משפט, יובל הראל. הראשון להעיד יהיה מנכ"ל וואלה אילן ישועה, שיפתח את שלב ההוכחות בחודש ינואר. עוד בקבוצת העדים הראשונה בתיק 4000, פרשת בזק וואלה, עורך האתר אבירם אלעד, מנכ"ל משרד התקשורת לשעבר אבי ברגר, ועד המדינה ניר חפץ, שיהיה הראשון להעיד מבין עדי המדינה. ומזג האוויר, עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות אשר תהיינה גבוהות מהרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Oh.
J.M. and the A.M., and we'll get back to that uh, selection. That's a Yoeli Greenfeld special here at J.M. and the A.M. Harasha was, of course, Benny Friedman uh, to open up the 7 o'clock hour. Tuesday, it's a historic day, as we've been mentioning. It is a historic day. Agreements being signed. In fact, the Prime Minister of Israel called the uh, agreement with the UAE an actual peace treaty. 
Apparently, the one with Bahrain, they haven't had enough time to formulate the language <laughs> since that announcement was made at the end of last week. Uh, so it's uh, going to be a little bit of a different type of agreement. Uh, but as you know, the delegation is here from Israel. As you know, four countries are going to gather with representatives on the uh, south lawn of the White House today, 12 noon Eastern time, for a historic uh, ceremony. As I mentioned earlier, if your children, your grandchildren, your congregants, your students do not understand the history and how historic a day this is, September the 15th of 2020, please explain it to them. One of the people who I think can explain it to us is Ross Creel. And I rarely read the entire bio of one of our guests, but I think it's important in this case to understand who Ross is and what he's done. Ross Creel is an Oxford-educated lawyer originally from Johannesburg. He's worked in the UAE since 2008 and has lived in Dubai since 2013 with his wife and children. He works for French energy giant Engie as a, a transactional lawyer and has worked on large energy projects throughout the GCC, Africa, and South Asia since 2008. He is a committed and observant Jew. Ross Creel is a committed and observant Jew and president of the Jewish Council of the Emirates, the JCE. He has actively built the JCE community since 2013 by creating a place of worship with regular services, originally it was in his home, obtaining and supporting the infrastructure for Jewish prayer and establishing a fully functioning flourishing and viable community. He engages frequently with government representatives, religious leaders, and diplomats to ensure that the JCE takes its place appropriately among the other minority religious communities of the UAE, and he is strongly committed to the UAE project of religious tolerance and pluralism. In his capacity as president of the JCE, Ross Creel was privileged to be included in the UAE delegation to the Ministerial on Freedom or Religion and Belief, which was held in Washington during July of 2019, and has been invited to present his work in the UAE to European parliamentarians in March 2020 as part of the EPP Working Group on Intercultural and Religious Dialogue. He's involved in several ongoing projects intended to encourage and normalize Jewish communal life in the UAE. Ross Creel, an honor to wish you Mazal Tov and welcome you to JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachman. Mazal Tov. It's, a, it's really a Mazal Tov for all of us, isn't it? Uh, that's an understatement, and you're in Washington right now, and you're going to be there today for the history that I described and the historic event that it's going to be. Uh, and Mazel Tov is really the the way to uh, uh, to sum it up. It is a congratulatory uh, greeting to the entire Jewish people, to all peace-loving people in, in, in general, and to those who want to see the Middle East be a stable and, uh, and, um, and fruitful and uh, active uh, group of nations. That's basically what it is. And in a way, you've really had this parallel experience. You've you've experienced over the last decade this road toward normalization between the UAE and Israel. Did you feel it as it was happening? Sure. What I like to say, Nachum, is that we made a small Jewish embassy um, over years and years. We always knew that the, the UAE was is a very, very tolerant place. It's very plural and has been for decades. But how to apply that tolerance to a Jewish community is something that we worked on uh, in the earliest years of our community. And we worked on, on that project very closely with the government. And that doing that was amazing. We felt like pioneers. We knew it was historical work. But I have to tell you, Nachum, we could never have imagined that it would culminate so quickly 
in this incredible signing uh, today here in Washington. It, it is amazing. At what point did the Israeli government or any officials of note realize the work that you were doing and realize it was going in a certain direction? Well, we, we our community was um, publicized in the media for the first time in 2018 um, in a very famous Bloomberg article. Before then, we, we actually did not look for media attention. We didn't see it as uh, something that was necessarily beneficial for our members. We wanted to just build our communities. Um, but my first interaction with the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs happened when their team came out to work on Expo. Uh. Because I don't know if your members know this, but even before this Abrahamic Accord was announced, there was a great deal of quite warm, ongoing interaction with Israel. And one of the strongest um, proofs of that was the decision by the UAE authorities to have an Israeli pavilion at the Expo, which was intended to be uh, next month in October, but now has been postponed for a year. And I worked actively with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Israel in in developing that Expo. So I had to tell your listeners that first moment when the Israeli MFI guys came into the Kempinski Hotel at the Mall of the Emirates to meet with me, and to work on Expo was really, really exciting. We were actually moved to tears um, when we when we met them in a hotel room and just had a sense of where this was all going. It's funny. It's not a religious ceremony that brought you to tears. It wasn't a gathering for a holiday that brought you to tears. It was, uh, it was the understanding and the realization that an economic relationship could be the difference, could be a really important partnership moving forward. And sometimes, you know, again, we may laugh at that, that it's economic and business that brings people together, but... But that's the reality here, right? People saw an oppor- people saw an opportunity. They wanted a relationship with Israel. True, and the, the beauty of this Abraham Accord is that peace is its own dividend. In other words, it wasn't necessary to exchange land for peace right. or have any transactional approach to peace. Peace is its own dividend, and in that respect, I think the Emirati leaders have been so visionary and courageous, um, and also distinguished themselves from the other Arabic countries that have made peace with Israel by saying this this is a sign dividend. We believe in peace, and we see immense economic benefit um, for the two countries and for the region as a whole. That's the reason to do peace. And I think they've, they've just demonstrated um, a whole new way of relating to Israel that, that hopefully other countries will also follow. Ross Creel is with us. He's a Jewish a president of the Jewish Council of the Emirates. He's here in Washington for the historic signing today. Um, some people listening, I'm sure, are curious, because it's always the question, you know, how many Jews, how many members, how large is the Jewish mm-hmm. community of the UAE? So, notwithstanding the huge amount of attention that has been given to us um, in the last couple of months, and even before that, we are a small community, numbering in the hundreds. And um, that's true, I guess, of Jews worldwide, that we make a massive impact out of proportion to our numbers. Yeah. Um, but we're still a small community with the expectation that we will grow very steadily now with um, hopefully the announcement soon that Israeli passport holders will be able to come into the UAE for the first time and direct flights. These are all announcements that I'm sure will flow very rapidly after the signing today of the Abraham, Abraham Accord. I would assume that your phone has been ringing off the hook with people from around the world who'd like to establish certain religious and uh, and economic uh, positions and uh, businesses in the UAE. 
indeed. We, we've hardly slept now from in the last two or three weeks, I have to tell you, partly because um, we're so excited, but also partly because the phone has been ringing nonstop. And as a, as, a, as a Jewish council, we're very, very excited to welcome not only Israelis, but also Dashboard Jews to the UAE. For those of you that have not yet visited, it's an extraordinary place. It's a safe place. And it's a place that is so proudly and courageously embraced Israel. And for all of us as Jews, honestly, this is a place that you have to come in and see for yourselves. Yeah. And, and I do want to mention um, one important additional reason to do that, Nachum, which is so important, is for me to be in an Arabic country where you go to the mall and there's a woman wearing, a, wearing an abaya or a man wearing a kandura, and they're going off to see the same film that you're seeing at the movies or buying the same little gifts for their children, and there's a sense of ease and normalcy about that, is a wonderful, reassuring experience. And I think that's why our community is such a hopeful community and such a hopeful narrative. Uh, it's amazing we didn't know more about these details in the last few years, but I guess sometimes peace agreements and normalization uh, acts you know, uh, bring these things to the forefront. And by the way, soon uh, you'll be a quote-unquote real Jewish community. Soon you'll have multiple synagogues, because of course people need synagogues that they don't daven in. You'll have a kosher, exactly. you'll, you'll have a kosher pizza shop. You'll likely have an A-roof, <laughs> right? I mean, forget about, forget about cemetery and mikvah. In 2020, we know the essentials for a real Jewish community at this point. True, in, in, indeed. Well, you know, the, the beauty of our community in its earliest years is that we were the, actually the one island in the world where there was only one synagogue. Wow. And there was a, there was a beautiful um, ethos of, of unity and, and camaraderie in our community, which meant a great deal to us. When you find another Jew back in those days, you didn't ask them, you no. know, where they, where they davened or whether or not there was a machitza in the place. You were just right. so excited to, to meet another Jew. And that ethos is still really important to us, even as, of course, we, we ourselves normalize and there'll be multiple communities developing over time, which is fine and good. We still want to maintain that ethos of unity um, and our Vajusa L, which has really characterized our community from its earliest days. Ross Krill is with us. He's president of the JCE, the uh, Jewish Council of the Emirates. Um, what is it like being a pioneer? I, I would imagine a lot of people listening would say, you come from South Africa, obviously to a foreign country, you have a certain vision of, what, of the influence you could have and what the small, very small Jewish community and maybe some tourists, you know, what their needs are. And you feel it's mm -hmm. important to establish, you know, Judaism as one of the, you know, important minority religions, let's put it that way, in an atmosphere that you said is pretty tolerant. But is, is it a frightening experience where there are many bumps in the road early on where you said, you know, maybe this wasn't the best experiment? Well, my wife and I, as you mentioned in the introduction, are we're an observant family. Um, and there was a moment, a couple of years, in fact, when we were the only home, not just in the suburb and not just in the city, but in the whole region that was kosher and Shomer Shabbat. And that was a beautiful feeling. Um, very, very profoundly empowering. It, it, gave me a very strong sense of the power of a Jewish home. I'd come from a community where we were all kosher and all Shemesh Shabbat, all observing the Sabbath. And to do it on your own um, and realize the power of doing that was, was very empowering and enabling for me and my wife. I want to mention um, that my wife has gone on to build the first kosher caterer in the UAE wow. um, called Eddie's Kosher Kitchen. 
and you can hear I'm very proud of her. But but for both of us, this was a beautiful experience, and there were there were challenges without any doubt. Um, it is a challenge not to have a kosher restaurant around the corner. It is a challenge not to have beautiful Jewish institutions where you can learn and and be together, whether it's you know for religious or non-religious purposes. But I have to say that building those things is so exciting. And um, I guess the big lesson I've learned, you know, we're about to say, you know, you know, be the head and not the tail. The big lesson I've learned going into Rosh Hashanah is is the, the strength of 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 being of being a Jew. And all of us have the power to lead and all of us have the power to build and we've got to do it in whatever context we find ourselves. And my wife and I were just very, very lucky to have the merit of doing that in such a beautiful place where our impact would be um, years later, so widely recognized. Wow. Um, did you expect more criticism from the Arab world? And I'm not necessarily talking about the PA. I'm talking about other countries. Uh, more criticism of the UAE and Bahrain for making this move? Well, I think that that criticism was expected. But what's been amazing, um, Nachum, is to speak to very senior UAE leaders and then just all you know Emiratis that we have at our Friday night table. And they say to us, look, um, we've been criticized. Um, some countries and people have said they won't come here anymore. And, you know, we don't care. This is something that we believe in. It's something that's important to us. It's something that's right. And if people don't agree or criticize, that's their problem. We are carrying on. And just the, the sort of tone of the courage, the clarity of thinking has been very moving for me, very, very deeply moving as a Jew, just to have a real sense of friendship, of moral courage, and clarity of thinking, right? And the, and the truth is, even if even if one does believe in in the moral thinking and 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 the courage that you described, uh, a country, you know, until they feel the real need, a relationship economically and otherwise, you know, is beneficial to them with Israel, etc. Uh, they they don't feel the need to act on it, and 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 why start trouble with the neighbors, so to speak? But when the two things come together, you know, we say me right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I mean, there's drivers on both sides. So on the one hand, economically for Israel and the UAE, this is a great, this is a great piece. Right. And the UAE wants to be a place that's open to all. And it wants to be, you know, the New York, London, you know, of the Middle East. Right. And you can't do that if you exclude Israel and certain countries. So that's the first point. But it does have to be mentioned that beyond economics, um, the value system of the UAE favors peace. It really, really does. They have a theology of tolerance based on the Quran, which is about finding peace um, with your neighbor and recognizing common humanity. So the economic benefits are enormous, but there's more to it um, in the case of the UAE than just pure economics. Right. And it's funny because we always, I mean, as we observe the Middle East for the last so many decades, we hear the Quran and, and it's always used as proof that we should not be living in peace, but you're you're saying that you're you 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 are living in a community that cites the Quran. Why ne- one needs to live in peace? Exactly. So so the the view of the um, the leaders of the UAE, um, and it's driven by their their theologian um, Sheikh Abdullah bin Bayer, is that the Quran itself has been stolen from the Muslim people right. by extremists and by um, political Islam, and that they have to reclaim it. They have to reclaim it as a tolerant tradition. And, you know, if you go back to the times of the Prophet himself, 
Um, and you look at the constitution of, the, of Medina, for example, which gave Jews citizenship and acknowledged the fact that they were believers who were not to be put under any pressure whatsoever to convert and would be allowed to regulate and rule themselves. You see in the earliest um, um, epoch of Islam a very, very tolerant attitude towards Jews and minorities. And in fact, when the Muslim world was at its great in Al-Andalusia and Spain and in other places, it was always plural and always tolerant. Right. And what, what the UAE is telling us as Jews is, and Muslims, most importantly, is that this is the real Islam. And I think for us as Jews um, who've been through decades, of course, of, of seeing the Arabic world in a very different way, I think this is a profoundly reassuring um, thing to hear. And it's something that I've experienced living there now for nearly 10 years. Um, you were not surprised, I'm assuming, that immediately thereafter, immediately, you know, as, as these things go, uh, Bahrain made their announcement, right? That was not a shock to you? It wasn't a shock, um, and it's also hoped that Oman and perhaps even Saudi Arabia will follow at some point. Bahrain itself is a very tolerant place. Um, they've had their own Jewish community there for 150 years, originally Iraqi Jews. And they also had the claim to, to, to having appointed the first Jewish ambassador of a, of a Muslim and Arabic country, um, Huda Nunu, who was the American ambassador of Bahrain to the USA between 2003 and 2008. And she's one of the visitors um, that are uh, with me and other Jewish leaders observing the signing today at the White House. But I wasn't surprised. Um, I'm hoping that other countries as well will follow the lead of the UAE and Bahrain. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. When you were the lone Orthodox Jew in the UAE, the closest Orthodox Jew to you would have been in Israel? Or am I not thinking uh, geographically well, correct? <laughs> I have, have an interesting thing to tell you. The closest Orthodox, Orthodox Jew would have been just across the water in Iran. Wow. Um, Iran is only 70, 80 kilometers away across right. the um, Arabian Gulf. And as you, as you know, there's a, there's a large Iranian Jewish community that is still there. Right. Unfortunately, we have very few uh, ties with them. They're very inward-looking um, and live in circumstances that are completely different from ours in the UAE just across the water. But that, in fact, is the closest Jewish community is in Iran. Unbelievable. Uh, Ross, uh, 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 by the way, are you part of the official, I, I know there's an Israeli delegation, obviously a Bahraini delegation. Are you part of the UAE delegation officially today? I'm not part of the official delegation, but I was invited um, to come here and observe the signing. And that acknowledgement, of course, is very, very appreciated by our Jewish council. Right. Um, but I, I wish I could. I don't take credit, any credit at all for the amazing um, political steps that have culminated in, in the signing today. The steps that we've taken, Nachum, are the human-to-human steps of creating a sense of peacefulness and coexistence on the ground. And that's, that's the real warmth of the peace. And I think our community members really do take a lot of credit for that part of it. Amazing. Well, tell your wife to get the restaurant ready for us because we we got we got we got to come visit you at this point. At this point, we got to we got to see what this is all about and see it up close and personal. As I'm sure many many people listening would love to do at this at this point. There are people in our audience who love to travel when travel is allowed. You know you know the situation right now. You're sure. you're, you're lucky to have gotten here, frankly. <laughs> but but there there are a lot of people who like to see the world, and now they're gonna have an opportunity to see a part of the world they never dreamt they'd be able to see. 
Uh, Ross Creel is the president of the Jewish Council of the Emirates. He will be there today at the White House, and he is one of the key people in the building of the uh, small but growing uh, Jewish community of the UAE. What an honor to speak with you. Mazal Tov. Enjoy the ceremony, and uh, best regards to everybody at the UAE. Thank you, Nachum. And just, just want to wish Shana Tova and to all your listeners from the world's newest Jewish community, the Jews of the UAE. Phenomenal. Uh, our best to you, and of course, Shana Tova Happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. Ross Creel on a very special historic Tuesday here at JM and the AM. It's history, everybody, and as I keep saying, if your children, your grandchildren, your students, your congregants, if they're not understanding why today is so historic, make sure to explain it to them. I beg of you. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Yuma, Ashrechem Yisrael, Happy are you, Yisrael, before whom you are purified. Who will purify and cleanse you? Your Father in heaven. As it says, And I will sprinkle upon you the purifying waters. It also says, That Hashem is the hope of Israel. It's difficult for us to understand why is there a double lotion? It seems to be redundant. First we say, Before whom you are purified. And then we say, And who purifies you? It is also difficult for us to understand that it says in the beginning that B'nai Israel are metahir, they cleanse themselves. However, at the end, when it says, I will sprinkle upon you the waters of purification, that is from Hashem. The Zarashimshan answers that there are two types of forgiveness. The first forgiveness is before Yom Kippur. Then, when a person has transgressions, Averus, they become as though they were just accidental. And that's what it says, I will throw or sprinkle upon you the cleansing waters. Just like the rechitza, the washing itself is good on a certain level. However, there's a much deeper level than that. And that is when a person totally immerses themselves in the purifying waters. That is the mikveh Yisrael Hashem. And that happens on Yom Kippur. As it says, Ki bayom on that day you will be atoned for, you will be purified from all your sins. Because on that great day, a person had accidental transgressions. They are completely turned over to be zechuyos. It's like each one is a mitzvah. That's why it says, Before Hashem, you will be purified. Each one of these days, before Rosh Hashanah, and in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are days of great grace. They're days when Klal Yisrael can ask for whatever we want. We can do tshuva shalem, a complete repentance for anything. And Hashem forgives us and is metaheras and purifies us. There was a man in pre-war Europe. He lived in the city of Rudnik. And his house was close to the base of Medrash. Unfortunately, 
He was a pirate oil. He had cast off the yoke of Torah and mitzvahs and went far off the derech. He really cut off all of his ties with the Jewish community. However, night after night, he was awoken because there was somebody that was crying and crying loudly in the base medrash, and it disturbed his sleep. And he was so curious, who is this that is crying night after night? Finally, he got dressed, and he went next door, and he looked through the window. And there he sees a young boy of six or seven years old, crying and crying, asking Hashem to please forgive him, asking Hashem to enlighten his eyes in Torah. The man couldn't believe it. He watched him night after night, and somehow the cries of that boy got through to his heart. The man did tshuva shlema. He repented completely. Who was that boy? That young boy was the future Klosenberger Rebbe, Zecher Tzadik Livrocha. May we all have a hisoris, a great inspiration during this time to do tshuva. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. That is our Elul Sofer blowing, as you would suspect. Well, over the weekend, I got a, uh, a communique from the great A.J. Schreiber. He says, call me, I have something for you. <laughs> I knew that was good news musically, to say the least. Uh, but, uh, you know, between the between still recovering from the wedding in Shavarach, as I explained to him, I was just catching up on a bunch of stuff. And uh, I apologize for not being in touch with him on Friday. But the point is that uh, shortly thereafter, he sent me a link. With the uh, exact piece he wanted to make sure that I heard, and it's really amazing and incredible. Uh, plus, of course, thousands have already shared it. Uh, it's A.J. Schreiber, Johnny Schlagbaum, Aaron Schlagbaum together. You know the trio. Very effective trio. A Yamim Norayim medley. It's brand new, and it's here for you at JM in the AM.
Yeah, we're getting used to this trio. A.J. Schreiber, Johnny Schlagbaum, Aaron Schlagbaum together. Yamim Narayan Medley done really, really well. And uh, for you, brand new here at JM in the AM. Tuesday morning, plenty coming up at 7.40 in the morning. As we um, as we continue on this Tuesday. Tomorrow, we'll have Gedalia Zlotowicz with us. We get an opportunity to check out some of the... Uh, Really amazing Rosh Hashanah offerings and find out some interesting information regarding uh, Rosh Hashanah and this year in general, frankly. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting year in terms of how people are reacting to being isolated and uh, you know what businesses and efforts have seen really remarkable changes over the last the few months. Anyway, we'll discuss all of that. Gedalia Zlawitz joins us tomorrow. Remember, 15% off and free shipping on the brand new Shar Habitachon. It's an amazing work. Shar Habitachon is an amazing work, Hebrew and English. It's brand new, 15% off, free shipping. When you use promo code radio, go to artscroll.com. This is something you're going to want in your home this week before Rosh Hashanah and next week during the Aserah Shuva. Telling you. Really is amazing. So make sure to check it out. Go to artsgirl.com. Use promo code radio, the brand new Shar Habitachon. Here's Eitan Katz.
J.M. in the A.M. Eitan Katz, Kikarov. Yeah, words that should be familiar to us. 
Tuesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM at a quarter before 8 o'clock. A historic day today, a historic day today with what's going on in Washington. I hope that everybody understands how historic it is with all the difficulties that are going on in Israel right now. There is something to sign, and here and everywhere, there is something to celebrate, and that's today's signing. Uh, with the United States, Israel, the UAE, and Bahrain being represented at the South Lawn of the White House at 12 noon Eastern time today for this history. This history in the making, now history in reality. Uh, Ross Creel uh, joined us earlier, president of the Jewish Council of the Emirates. If you missed the conversation, you got to tune in to our archives. Check it out later today. What a way to celebrate to have someone like him who's been so instrumental from the very beginning of the Jewish community, the recent Jewish community of the UAE. How great it was to speak with him on the air this morning here at JM in the AM. Really amazing. Uh, and you should check out the uh, check out the interview at some point. Uh, you'll find it on the NSN app, of course, and of course you'll find it at NahumSiegel.com in our uh, in our archives section. And again, if you're if you're if your students, your congregants, your children, your grandchildren don't understand the uh, the the importance of today. Make sure to tell them. Hey, study Torah one-on-one with a mentor or partner chosen specifically for you. Call 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, the number two, or log on to partnersintorah.org. It'll be a life-changing experience for you. Again, partnersintorah.org. JM in the AM Tuesday. Well, when I, uh, when I introduce Dr. Peter Abelow to this audience... Uh, I'm not just introducing somebody who's an expert uh, when it comes to uh, touring Israel and teaching people about Israel. Uh, For me, I'm speaking to somebody who was one of the most important educators in my life 45 years ago. Yeah, I know it's a long time ago. 45 years ago and and throughout the last 45 years. And uh, Peter Abelow is with us live via telephone. There's a website, IsraelIsBeautiful.com. This whole concept has been built around the fact that people around the world simply can't go to Israel right now. And we miss it, and we want to learn more about it, and we want his expertise and his colleagues' expertise when it comes to learning about the land and about the state of Israel. So they've come up with um, somewhat of a solution. If you go to the website, you'll see what I mean, IsraelIsBeautiful.com. Dr. Peter Abelo, welcome back to JM in the AM. Nachum Siegel, what a pleasure to be with you on this historic day today. I appre- oh, yes, history is right. It's a historic day, and I appreciate you joining us. And as I said, uh, uh, you're, you're one of those people that uh, can legitimately take credit <laughs> for, who I am to- <laughs> for who I am today, and I am, uh, I and I, and I am eternally grateful for that. So the idea is that, that, that millions of people around the world, as you know, can't visit Israel right now, and it's frustrating, and it's hard, and a lot of people plan, of course, you know, each year more and more people plan on spending some time, at least a few weeks in the Holy Land, and people like yourself, I mean, we keep you relatively busy, especially during busy seasons, right? We we keep you, the expert tour guides, on your toes, <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> right. and it's been a little bit, a little bit stagnant uh, over the last few months. So tell me about this effort. Who, Whose creation was IsraelIsBeautiful.com? Well, to say the least, stagnant. And, and just to comment on, uh, I, I look back also on those 45 years and what a pleasure it was having you as a student and at Yigal and knowing you and being able to maintain that relationship for the past 
decades. It's incredibly incredible to think Thank back you. how long it was. Thank you so um, much. So, you know, we're, 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 a colleague of, I, of mine and I were schmoozing one afternoon. Uh, we're, everybody's looking for solutions for a very depressed industry. Of, you know, we're all out of work, um, and people are yearning to be here. What can we do? And so we came up with the concept of, as opposed to presenting full-length Pew Lim around sites, full-length tours around sites, presenting short doses. We've discovered that people really, not everybody likes to sit in front of a computer for an hour, an hour and a half, right. but a 10, 12, 14-minute Tule, concise, professionally done, of some site in Israel, offered on a regular basis, could be a very, very attractive alternative for people who are unable to physically be here right now because of the realities of corona, of COVID-19. Um, and that was how the site came about, uh, some brainstorming meetings, mostly over Zoom, uh, occasionally at an outdoor cafe across a table in the outdoors. Um, but we came up with the idea of the site, and that was it, presenting a weekly teul of some place in Israel on a regular basis, archiving each of the teulim. They're going up on the site every Thursday afternoon at 5 o'clock Israel time, and slowly accumulating in an archive library so they are available in the members section for uh, forever. I mean, they'll be there. Um, but in addition, the educator and me at one of those brainstorming sessions what came up with the idea of one of my colleagues of perhaps making it family-friendly as well. Right. And, and so part of the site is not only a 10-12 minute teul with either me or one of my colleagues, um, but at the same time simultaneously putting up a four-page PDF which can be downloaded and printed, but we're calling a Activity sheet in the Israel Discovery Zone, a child-oriented quiz, puzzle, series of games regarding the site of that Tiul. So simultaneously, the Tiul is going up and an activity sheet for families, for children, and it's proven to be a very attractive um, incentive for families whose kids are stuck home. Yeah, I can a imagine. A creative way of connecting with Israel in a fun, enjoyable way, and... Um, Thank God, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's growing, and we're very, very pleased with the initial results of our efforts. Peter Abelow with us from Israel, israelisbeautiful.com, israelisbeautiful.com. Uh, you mentioned membership. I mean, one of the things that tells us how serious a project this is, frankly, is that there is a subscription. There's a subscription. People can become members. Their families obviously get to enjoy those videos once they are members. Uh, as you indicated, those videos are there forever for them as members, and all the different things that you mentioned uh, between the education that they're getting and the uh, video that they're seeing and the uh, the worksheets and whatever it is that you're able to provide for the kids out there uh, all of that uh, is are, are the all of those are the benefits of being members of subscribing to this service we want to encourage people to go to israelsbeautiful.com israelsbeautiful.com and sign up and before I turn to you for the details on that I do want to mention as you just said that every Thursday is a brand new video so literally every week you're treated to one there is a live zoom and I, and I assume that's for members right a live zoom where people could you know how it is you take people like me on a tour we got 30 questions at the end of that tour you do a live zoom so that people can do a Q&A with you right Absolutely. So that was the third element that we came up with as we were beginning to design the site, which, by the way, was, was two and a half months, three months in, 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 in uh, evolution until we finally came to putting it out. So we have the weekly TULIM, which are recorded. We have the um, Israel Discovery Zone four-page activity sheets, right. which are PDF and downloadable. And in addition, every Sunday night, the guide from Thursday's um, um, offering, which is me or my partner, Ani, in the meantime, possibly my son, Donnie, at some point in the future, who's also a licensed tour guide, um, have been 
offering a live Zoom, 9 o'clock Israel time, 2 o'clock Eastern Coast time, with members of the site just to schmooze about the previous Thursday's Teul, to answer questions, uh, perhaps add in some additional information about the place that we've just been visiting. And uh, those are the three elements on the site, the reported Teulin, the activity sheets, and a live Zoom with the guide every Sunday night. Got it. Um, all right, israelisbeautiful.com. By the way, uh, before I turn to you for all the specific information about subscribing, you know, one <laughs> I'll never forget, I was once in Israel with a pretty big American celebrity, and I mentioned we're going to be leaving the hotel early in the morning to go to Masada, and they asked me, can we just bring Masada here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and the reason I say that is because a lot of us have honestly never seen Masada at sunrise or had the desire to go there that early or to or to climb or even go up in the cable car that early in the morning. The, you know, this is an opportunity for people who've never experienced it to at least see it via video and to experience it the way your groups experience it. And the same and by the same token, you're offering an upcoming tour on walking the ramparts of the old city. Again, frankly, and those who might be a little older and it's more difficult for them to walk those ramparts, they probably never did it, but they're missing some amazing and spectacular views you offer that it's coming up next month as one of the videos of upcoming tours so people should realize that it's not just a covid benefit it's also the fact that they, you they may see stuff that they simply will never get a chance to do in their lives absolutely not i mean you hit upon something very important um i'm doing this thursday's offering i'm doing a hike in a beautiful beautiful nachal called nachal katlav wow. just south of jerusalem between jerusalem and Beit shemesh next week we're climbing masada the sunrise hike of masada <laughs> uh, that'll be the following and the week after that is the as you mentioned the walk on the walls of jerusalem which is uh, uh almost ready for presentations that'll be up two weeks from thursday Pretty amazing. All right, uh, what do people do to subscribe? What does it cost them? How does it work? So, so we tried to create a model that was affordable. Uh, you know, we want people not to be deterred by pricing. On the other hand, this is a rather costly endeavor. So we had to kind of balance the needs. Um, and look, my ultimate hope is that the site grows to the point where I can offer two TLM a week and begin to hire other guides wow. and bring, some, bring some, some relief to their, you know, to the depressed industry by being able to hire other people to, to help prepare things for us as well. So that's my hope, long range. Um, the, the site is accessible. As you say, it's Israel. Israel is beautiful.com. Right. Um, on the site, it says Get Started, Getting Started. You click the link, and that takes you to the sign-up page. We're offering a monthly membership at $25 a month, uh, recurring, or a three-month membership at $54, which really comes down to high dollars a month, $18 a month. Right. And um, something I, I just was discussing with my son, Avi, whom you know, who's uh, sure. partnering with us on the technical side, that we are going to give a free membership by a lottery to some Somebody who signs up today through the show. Nice. So we're going to go through all the sign-ups as a result of the show today. Presumably anybody who signs up in the next few hours on the site, uh, and we will pick one at random. If you've signed up for an eighteen for a one-month uh, membership, you'll get them the second month for free. Right. If you've signed up for a three-month membership, we're going to give you a three-month additional membership for free, um, and hopefully that'll incentivize people to to join us. And by the way, we we've said this in terms of finding people jobs. We've said this in terms of you know supporting our local restaurants. All all these places that are and people that are suffering now because of the COVID situation, here's an opportunity to not only support Israel, but to support families in Israel that are doing this work normally, you know, as tour guides and as people that are, you know, are, that are uh, leading us through these amazing trips throughout the entire country. So if people want to go ahead and support this effort, and as you said, you know, really, if it gets to a point where it's really large, it could really help a lot of people in this industry. So everybody out there, you want to pour some, some money.
money into Israel and do so at a pretty inexpensive subscription rate and at the same time have something amazing for your family each month, here's your opportunity. Read up on it. Go to IsraelIsBeautiful.com. IsraelIsBeautiful.com. You will see why it's the best way to visit Israel now. Now it's the best way to visit Israel, and frankly, it'll be an amazing way to visit even after travel starts up again. So subscribe now, IsraelIsBeautiful.com. As Dr. Abelow mentioned, uh, there'll be a special offer for somebody who uh, who subscribes today over the next few hours because of this show. Uh, they'll be giving out those, uh, those free months um, to, uh, to one lucky winner um, from our audience. Uh, Correct. Doc- and Nachum, if I could add one other sure. thing, um, over the last few weeks we've had inquiries from schools, from synagogues. Ah. We've actually developed a whole packaging for group membership as well. Good uh, With additional benefits, in addition, we call them educational enhancements for institutions that are joining the site. So that's another direction if you are educators looking for things to do with your class or, or school, administrators looking for Israel's programming, which is meaningful and effective and engaging. Um, we have special offerings for schools and institutions oh, and schools. I mean, this is perfect for schools. It's perfect for schools that, that one day a week or more are on Zoom, frankly. It would be a perfect way for them to share a video and to you know, discuss Israel. Uh, it's also exactly it's also, I mean, amongst the things we'll offer to the schools or perhaps training with their educators in advance via Zoom how to use the materials or perhaps a Zoom with their parents and kids together. I mean, there are a number of different possibilities that we as educators have put together, um, and each school will decide what works best for them. Obviously, I, I got to mention one other. Sounds sounds like you're at the airport now, Doctor Abel. <laughs> I'm actually sitting in my front yard, and there was a bus that went wow. by. <laughs> uh, I want to mention one other thing. A lot of high schools in our area, boys, girls, co-ed, a lot of high schools in our area have Israel clubs, have Israel advocacy clubs. This again would be perfect for those faculty advisors to bring in and suggest that they become more and more familiar at that age with Israel. So check it out, everybody. Take our recommendation right. if you're in And Jewish- as you know, we're, you know, we're all educators, and I think that was something special that we brought to this. Every one of us comes from educational backgrounds. As you know, of course, my educational career in America translated to becoming a tour guide, but we're approaching it as American Jewish educators. And I think that's an advantage in terms of dealing with, you know, with schools that are looking for creative packages. Israelisbeautiful.com. Peter Abelow, Shana Tovao Mituka. And to you, Shana Tovao Mituka, Nachum, to you and to all of your listeners. Um, we are so thankful you're on the network now because one of the things Woo! we missed when we made Aliyah 30 years ago was listening every morning to JM in the AM. Thank and you. now we have it again through your amazing network. And uh, t- 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 every afternoon we are listening to you. So it's just such a pleasure to be able to be with you now in person in this 21st century way. Tadarabas, spread the word. There he is, the great Dr. Peter Abelow, IsraelIsBeautiful.com. And this is America's one and only Jewish. Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. <laughs> Let's go, 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 let's go
sometimes You need to stop To further understand You need to minimize To ultimately expand Gentle words to successfully demand
J.M. in the A.M., let's wish Arye Kunstler, the chasson, a mazel tov. Uh, both he and his kala, of course. Uh, Arye Kunstler got married last night. So mazel tov to, um, to him, to his kala, to all the families from all of us here at J.M. in the A.M. They should have many, many years of happiness together. Hanashama done by Barry Weber before that to open up the 8 o'clock hour. It's Tuesday. Hello, everybody. JM in the AM. Don't forget that tomorrow, Gedalia's Lottos will be with us. Those of you who have not yet ordered the Shar Habitachon, it's available in both Hebrew and English in one volume. Shar Habitachon of Chovos Halvavos. I am highly, highly, highly recommending it, especially for this week before Rosh Hashanah and the week between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's the brand new Shar Habitachon. Go to artsgirl.com. Use the promo code radio. Promo code radio gets you 15% off. And free shipping on the brand new Shar Habitachon. Again, 15% off and free shipping. So check it out. Go to uh, artsgirl.com for all the details. And tomorrow we'll speak with the Gedalia Zlato. It's about everything that's happening at Artsgirl now. Rosh Hashanah 5781. Um, a big shout out to our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms and Aaron's West Orange. Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens. CasinoFarms.com, Aaron's West Orange in New Jersey, Aaron'sWestOrange.com. They are uh, chock full of amazing specials, every product that you would need to prepare for Yontif under one roof, and really a great shopping experience. If you haven't had it yet, if you haven't been to Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens, Aaron's West Orange in New Jersey, try your hardest to get there over the next couple of days. You will find everything you need. You'll find great prices, and you'll find great service. Simple as that. And I want to thank Aaron's for sponsoring our big contest. We kicked off season number nine. That was a uh, wonderful gesture and made a couple of listeners real happy, frankly. <laughs> made a lot of people excited, anticipating the results, but made a couple of people really, really happy. Uh, so a big shout-out and thank you to Aaron's Casino Farms of Queens, Aaron's West Orange in West Orange, New Jersey. Hey, remember, those of you out there who are um, – Looking for jobs, we have a service where we look at your resume, anything in the Jewish not-for-profit uh, professional field, we pass on to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. Otherwise, we are trying very hard to match people up with employers. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Pretty simple, right? Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. That's how you can uh, get us the resume and... Uh, excuse me, and to get into that database. And we pray that we continue to be successful at finding people jobs. Benny Friedman is next at JM in the AM. I am an ancient wall of stone Atop a hill so high And if you listen with your heart You just may hear my cry Where has the base of gone? I stand here How long am I to wait for all my children to come home? A house of marble and of 
וכל דממה דקה. היום הרת עולם, היום יעמיד במשפט, ואם אני כמו בן, חבק אותי שלא אבחר. תכוננו, תכוננו. Shame in the AM. Udi Davidi, a song called Hayom Haras Olam. Words, of course, that we say um, on Rosh Hashanah. Tuesday morning, the brand new year starts Friday, Friday night. Happy, healthy, and sweet new year to everybody. Thanks to all of you for not only listening, but supporting our efforts here at JM in the AM. Our Rosh Hashanah campaign is out. A lot of people have responded. We're actually going to try very hard to implement uh, our thank yous into tomorrow's broadcast here at JM in the AM. Uh, so a big thank you to everybody, and of course a happy, healthy, and sweet new year to our listeners and our supporters and everybody who's uh, keeping us going. By the way, in addition to the mail that we sent out, a lot of people who don't receive the mail still want to support us. You can go to the website fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and support us. And also yesterday we received a uh, really generous donation in a plain regular envelope, which means somebody who likely was not on our mailing list but just wanted to support us. So those of you out there who just want to support us and eventually get onto our mailing list, uh, it's um, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. Again, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 
551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002, and I thank you. Well, today is a, a day of history. Today is a historic day. I keep mentioning that uh, if you have uh, children, grandchildren, students, congregants who don't anticipate or don't appreciate, rather, the incredible historic element that's going to be happening at uh, 12 noon Eastern time at the White House with the representatives of uh, Israel, the United States, Bahrain, and uh, the UAE, then you have to tell them. You have to explain to them why today is history. In fact, one of the people, a uh, a woman from New Jersey, uh, is with us live via telephone. We're going to introduce Ariella Steinreich. Believe it or not, she has a lot to do with the present and future of um, the UAE and its relationship with Israel and the Jewish world, and we'll explain all that coming up. But first, I'm going to I'm going to beg her patience and just remind everybody that there is a historic deal today that Israel and the UAE is signing at the White House. As the Jerusalem Post tells us, it'll be a peace treaty. Prime Minister Netanyahu said Monday that he's upgrading the event from a formal recognition of ties with two Gulf states, including Bahrain, and now it's actually going to be a peace agreement. It had previously been unclear if the agreement to be signed will be normalization or peace since Israel and the UAE had not previously been at war. Netanyahu said, we worked on it for many years. This is a tremendous turning point in the history of Israel and the Middle East. It'll have great and positive influence on all citizens of Israel. And he promised that more countries are on the way as well. And if you missed my conversation earlier uh, with Ross Creel of the Jewish Council of the, Emigr- of the Emirates, uh, check out the archive. Nahum Siegel Network app, Um He describes just how, how much this is going to affect the region, how much it's going to affect in a positive way Israel, the Jewish world, and he describes from his point of view uh, how many more countries are likely going to be doing this down the road, which is pretty amazing. The four sides involved agreed not to make any parts of the agreements public before the signings, but a source from the Prime Minister's delegation said they will discuss cooperation between the countries. The ceremony is expected to take place on the White House South Lawn. A thousand people invited. Um, Israel has sought to have its delegation stand at a distance from the rest so that its members will not have to be quarantined due to coronavirus restrictions upon their return to Israel. Many of you are familiar with what's going on in Israel regarding that. And uh, in terms of Bahrain, uh, I'm going to do this quickly, but it's an important timeline. We went we went through some of the uh, timeline with the UAE, especially since Ross you know, really outlined for us his history over the last 12 years there. Um in the twenty in Bahrain in the twenty thirteen twenty fifteen window, King Hamad led the effort for the Gulf Cooperate, Cooperation Council, we'll call it the GCC, to legislate Hezbollah as a terrorist organization. Following his success in doing so, he told Rabbi Schneier, who has discussed Bahrain with us many times on the air, later appointed as a special advisor to the king in twenty eighteen during a meeting in his palace in Manama in twenty sixteen that quote Our only hope for a strong moderate Arab voice is a strong Israel. 2017, after the president, President Trump, recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, the king sent an interfaith mission from Bahrain to Israel, the first to do so from any Gulf state. 2018, following his majesty, uh, the king's invitation that Rabbi Schneier bring a delegation from the Hampton Synagogue to visit the kingdom. In February, the group flew to the kingdom and met with government officials and the leadership of the Jewish community. They met with former ambassador Bahrain to the U.S., parliament members, and many others. Uh, in November, Israel's economic minister, Eli Cohen, was invited by the Bahrain government to participate in the Conference on Modern Technology. April of 2019, a delegation from Israel's foreign ministry was invited to participate in the Conference on Entrepreneurship. 
in June. Bahrain hosted the White House Peace to Prosperity Workshop. Many of you remember that. And while that was exciting on its own, more exciting was the fact that the Bahrain government welcomed seven Israeli journalists for the first time to the kingdom, including the Jerusalem Post, Times of Israel, Channel 13, Khan, Israel, Hayom, and others. Um, Rabbi Schneier, as he was sitting with the foreign minister, asked him if he'd consider giving an interview to one of the Israeli journalists who had just met him, or, or that he had just met with. He immediately said he would, and that he should bring him over. And during that historic interview with the Times of Israel, he shared, quote, Israel is part of the heritage of this heritage of this whole region historically, so the Jewish people have a place amongst us. That same year, the Sheikh applauded Israel for cleaning out the tunnels in the north and also tweeted his support for Australia for recognizing West Jerusalem as the capital of the state of Israel. Uh, And then finally, in July, Bahrain's former foreign minister uh, met with Israel's minister of foreign affairs, Israel Katz, in Washington in October. Israeli foreign ministry uh, counterterrorism director Dana Benavisti visited Bahrain for a security conference on Iran. So those of you who are wondering about the, we've talked about a lot about over the last few weeks about the UAE relationship with Israel and some of the things that have been done. Uh, those of you who are wondering about Bar, about Bahrain jumping on the bandwagon, uh, plenty of reason to do so in terms of the relationship that they have had with Israeli officials and with important Jews around the world over the last few years. Now, Ariella Steinreich is with us live via telephone, senior vice president at Steinreich Communications. Steinreich has announced the the group has announced. As it continues to be an international public relations agency headquartered in the New York area with a large, with the largest number of Israeli and Jewish clients of any agency, they've announced the formation of a new practice area within its corporate group that's working with clients in the UAE and Israel, looking to expand their businesses in both countries after the historic announcement of the normalization of relations by their national leaders just a few weeks ago. The group's already working with leading businesses, not-for-profits, healthcare, and education clients to develop and implement communication strategies to help them grow their businesses and customer bases in the other market. In current, Its current clients in the space will move into this group and additional companies and organizations have reached out in the last two weeks asking to join as well. Uh, Ariella Steinreich who's with us live via telephone is leading the new specialty group and again she is with us live via telephone. I'm going to say to you what I said to Ross earlier Ariella, Mazal Tov, this really is truly a celebratory day in the Jewish world. Good morning to you and your listeners, Nachum, and I completely agree with you. Today is historic, and I think September 15th, 2020, is going to go down as a historic day in Israeli textbooks for years to come. No question about it. And uh, you, you, we should start with this. Your Steinreich Communications Group, even before uh, the UAE was involved, and we'll talk about that new effort, of course, I mean, you have offices all around the world, right, uh, Europe and, and, and other places, and I would assume that in terms of groups that work uh, in Israel and other countries, there's probably no one larger than you guys. Am I right about that? Yes. And, yes. and we've been doing good work in the Gulf as well for years and years. The only thing new here is that Israel now can enter uh, you know, into that discussion. Right, and, and because you've been doing work in the Gulf, I would have to assume you're likely the only firm, especially one of your size, that actually can claim clients in the Gulf region, in Israel, and in other parts of the world. Absolutely, and we're really proud to be the first global PR firm with a wholly owned office in Tel Aviv who will now have a presence in the Emirates. You know, it's funny, uh, earlier when we spoke with Ross, um, I I, I sort of said to him, I don't know if I've said it exactly like this, but, you know, he went ahead and and made an investment in terms of the Jewish community of the UAE. I mean, quite clearly, uh, a a real sacrifice, you know, and, and, and worked very hard to watch it grow. Your firm 
has been involved in the Gulf, Bahrain, and other areas uh, for quite a while. At what point did your firm start to make its own investment, so to speak, uh, with your partners in that area? Oh, that's years back. Before I even came to the firm, I had been working in the Gulf, pr- primarily in communications related to oil and gas. And then when I came here, uh, Jewish companies who were already doing or who were interested in doing business in the Gulf and wanted somebody to help them with their communications and their media strategy and who understood both the landscape there and what they did, all of a sudden they started you know, coming. So we've been at this already for more than five years. And, and, um, and, and, probably, yeah. and was it very limited then, like five years ago, because they are, you know, quite honestly, they're Jews and many of them, you know, likely have something to do with Israel. Was it very limited and, and was there a great hesitation? In the in, in, among the Gulf countries like the UAE, Bahrain, and others to do business like that? Absolutely not. I, I think people would be surprised, actually, how yeah. many Jewish businesses were, were doing things there. I mean, I've flown with Israel, you know, stickers on the back of my passport, not not had any issues. Really, people would be surprised. There's a, there's a ton of business that's going on. And like I said, the only thing different now, which is, I think, very exciting for both sides, is that Israelis can participate in it. And the biggest secret, so to speak, on, for, for Israel is if you get in now with the UAE and Bahrain, it's going to be so much easier to then move over into the other Gulf states once they lock on with Israel. So Saudi Arabia, Oman, Kuwait, Qatar, all of them, once you're in one place in the Gulf, it's very easy to transfer to the others. So has your phone been ringing off the hook? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, Absolutely. And you've been to both countries, right? You've been to both of the countries that are going to be on the White House South Lawn today, right? I have. I have. And I've been to, I know you spoke with Ross earlier. I've been to, I've spent many Shabbases um, with him in, in, in his shul, and it's wonderful. Um, does this move by Steinrath Communications mean that someone like yourself is going to be spending an inordinate, or, an inordinate amount of time in the Gulf region? <laughs> Good question. Um, definitely spending a lot more time in the Gulf, but already, you know, I do go several times a year. And we do work, again, not just those two, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and others as well. So I think it's just going to be a natural extension of that. Is there travel now to the Gulf region? Can someone in in New York City actually get on a plane and not worry about COVID rules or, or isolation when they get to the Gulf? Well, the UAE was the first one to reopen, and they did that in the beginning of July. And now Bahrain has reopened. Obviously, there are certain restrictions in place. Saudi Arabia just announced the reopening. And I think we're going to, you know, shortly we'll see the other ones come online as well. Ariella Steinreich is with us live via telephone. I mean, many people know that that you've done a lot of work with with Rabbi Schneier over the years. Do you, do you even remember how he first was introduced into the Gulf region? I mean, there are there are a lot of rabbis in this world. Most do not travel <laughs> to places like that and form relationships with people who lead those countries. Do you even remember how it all started? That was way before my time, and he tells the story so much better than me. But that was that was that was in like 2008, um, and you know he's been doing work, like you said, for for years since. Uh, we also have other clients who have been doing work there for for about a decade or so. I think that the opportunities are endless, and anybody who's interested, there's an opportunity. And I'll tell you one one other really exciting development from from last week. But yeah. the government of Abu Dhabi has now declared that all hotels, there's about 160 of them in that specific emirate, must now have kosher food, both on their room service menus as well as any um, any eateries within the hotel. And more exciting is that they want to have Pesach programs already for 2021. 
It's funny that all these things are being implemented at a time when very few people can go there or might not be comfortable, you know, getting on a plane in general. But I guess the the point is that once travel reopens, that whole infrastructure is going to be set up already, huh? Absolutely. And and I'll tell you the other thing people might not realize. The way that they've gone about both when they, you know, shut down travel and also their reopening in the Gulf is something that should really be celebrated and I think other countries as well should look at how they've done it. They've done it through a very meticulous process. Um, and their numbers really reflect it. Yeah, I hear that. Ariella Steinreich is with us. So the strangest request you've gotten so far, because as you say, your phone's been ringing off the hook for the last couple of weeks since your firm announced that you're formally working uh, to help companies who want to uh, you know, make inroads in this, in this Gulf region. Uh, the strangest call you've gotten has been what? You don't have to give us specific names, but can you give us a concept that someone came up with that you found to be unusual? them were strange, actually. What's, what was so interesting to me and what takes me back is how many people really thought this through. And it was very clear that Israeli companies had been thinking about this for years. Wow. And Emirati companies had been, yeah, and Emirati companies had been thinking about this for years. So in a funny way, it was almost just that the light switch now went on that they can actually do it. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you an interesting story that happened both with the UAE as well as with Bahrain. One of the journalists actually tweeted out afterwards, it was the first time that she had ever made a call from you know, from Israel, which is 972. Uh, that's their country code. The right. first time she ever called the Emirates, which is 971. And then just yesterday, the first time 973, which is Bahrain. So in a funny way, they're <laughs> all consecutive numbers and they never could, they could never speak. And so that's how basic this is. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. <laughs> a lot of symbolism going on in this whole thing, that's for sure. And a lot of countries are looking on, I don't want to say with envy, but with great interest, let's put it that way, right? I mean, you mentioned some of them already, but even the yeah. en- even the enemies of Israel and the enemies of peace have got to be looking at Washington today, you know, with great interest. I completely agree. I think Iran is probably very concerned from, you know, what this yeah. means in, in terms of the moves that are being made. And I, I firmly believe you're going to see one more pretty soon, and and I don't think we're going. The other ones are going to be too far behind. I think Saudi Arabia is going to happen uh, in our lifetime as well. And I think there's. I know there's a lot of Jewish business already going on there, and the ability to work openly with Israelis is very exciting, both for on the pedestrian level, right, with business to business, as well as even the people in the streets. There's the the whole tone in the Gulf has changed. I'm sure you've seen yeah. in the UAE and in Bahrain, the people are taking to Twitter. They're very excited about this. Very excited to visit Israel to work with Israelis, and the opportunity is is amazing. Uh, I just read the article how in the UAE they're now implementing as soon as they can uh, into their curriculum, you know, positive aspects of Israel for their younger grades so that kids grow up now and realize that, you know, what the government has done is, is really important and really significant. And as we know, the indoctrination, both positive and negative, of the children in a country, you know, serves for a, uh, a, a real look into what the future of that country uh, will be. So hopefully they'll be raising children now who have a positive attitude toward Israel. And once those children grow up and they become business leaders, yeah. it will only further expand the opportunities for them to work with Israeli companies. Now, that being said, there are definitely a lot of cultural um, divisions between the two. There are certain ways of working in Israel that are going to have to get massaged a little bit before they start working you know, with the Emirates and with Bahrainis. 
the joke is that there's no, you know, there's no Hebrew word for let's wait and see, because Israeli <laughs> business people don't like to wait. In the Gulf, if you pounce too quickly, they actually think you're, it's like you're trying to pull something over on them. So there are going to be a lot of these cultural and even communication, both verbal and nonverbal, things that are going to have to be learned through this process. But to your point, in, when teaching about tolerance, which I know Ross talked to you about earlier, how, how tolerant their society is, right. but when teaching that and, and inculcating it within children at a young age, it only helps to bolster the opportunities because those kids will grow up, and as they grow up, they will be more tolerant of one another. And then as they you know work in business, as they lead business, there'll be more opportunity for them as well. Boy, you need consultants there just to remind you about you know what the local customs are and how you, you know people, as you just described, shouldn't rush things. They should understand the mentality of the people who lead the UA right? I mean, you need to know all those nuances. Absolutely. You should not go without at least first reading up on what you need to know. Right. That's definitely that's definitely the, true, the, the truth. And there are people like us, and there are books that you can read to kind of get the quick how-to tips. But the opportunity is incredible. And I think, you know, I said this to somebody last week, just think the fact that Abu Dhabi would mandate all their hotels to have kosher food. They're more advanced than United States hotels or hotels in Europe. We don't have that. We're lucky that most hotels we can go into, we can get access to some kosher item, you know, packaged good. But the fact that they're going to make this mandatory is just incredible. You know, not to give you more work, but I mean, any major kosher company based in this country has got to be crazy not to look into the possibility of exporting to the UAE at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely, because again, it's not just exporting it to the UAE. Once you get there and once right. you're a trusted brand, it's so easy to move to the other ones. You know, I was in Saudi Arabia earlier this year. You'd be shocked. There's kosher food in Saudi Arabia, not kosher, you know, prepared food, but packaged goods that come from the UK or where else. So for for kosher brands, it's really not difficult. Israeli brands, it might be a little bit more difficult, you know, for the other Gulf states at the moment. But the opportunity is incredible. All you have to do is is reach out and say, you know, I want to go into that market, and there are people like us who are available to help you do so. Boy, Jews of 50 years ago, and maybe even more recently, would never believe the contents of this conversation, frankly. Just unbelievable. <laughs> Ariella Steinreich, a Senior Vice President over at Steinreich Communications, she's leading this new specialty group, a practice area within the corporate group that's working with clients in the UAE and Israel looking to expand their businesses in both countries. After this historic announcement that's already happened, but obviously is going to be formalized today with the UAE and Bahrain, with Israel and the U.S. obviously as partners later today at the White House. Uh, Ariella, anything you'd like to add? I think this is an incredibly exciting way to go into the new year. We're only a few days out from Rosh Hashanah. We've got two out of the six Gulf states already confirmed. I think we're going to see more in the coming year ahead. And I'd just like to wish you and your listeners a Shana Tova. I appreciate that. Shana Tova to you. And by the way, I should... I should make good on my uh, on my plea to kosher companies and others that you know should jump on this opportunity. Uh, I guess the best thing to do would be to give out your contact information over at Steinrock Communications, right? They should be in touch with you. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome to to call us. We're at two one two four nine one one six zero zero. You're welcome to visit our website, scompr.com, and we're happy to help. And and for the kosher brands out there, remember that kosher is halal. So the opportunity right. is more than even just the kosher marketplace. It's it's the uh, the Muslim marketplace as well. Steinreich Communications, ask for Ariella. There's, it's a real uh, opportunity here, folks. 212-491-1600. Again, 212-491-1600. You can also go to the web, scompr.com, S compr.com. Ask for Ariella Steinreich, and who knows, you and your company, whether it's food or something else, 
uh, might be available soon in the Gulf region, which is pretty remarkable. Ariella, happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. Thanks for so much uh, for everything you do for us here at the Nahum Siegel Network and for uh, really spearheading this effort. A lot of people are going to benefit from it, and I thank you for that. Thank you, Nahum. Thanks for the opportunity to speak with you this morning. More coming up. It's a Tuesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Well, everybody who's recommending or suggesting or assuming <laughs> that there's going to be a Jewish unity initiative uh, to the UAE, trust me, we've already thought of it. And now that Ariella described for us the easier travel situation there because of COVID, etc., or, or despite COVID, who knows? Who knows? We shall see. Very interesting, to say the least. J.M. and the A.M. on this, um, what is today? Tuesday. Tomorrow, Gedalia Zlotowicz will analyze and discuss some of the recent offerings from Art Scroll, especially a um, a look at the brand new 
volumes that have been uh, printed, that have been released by Art Scroll, including the Shar Habitachon. If you don't have it yet, it, it's really an amazing work in both Hebrew and English. Shar Habitachon is available now. Go to artscroll.com. If you use promo code radio, you get 15% off and free shipping. 15% off and free shipping with promo code radio on the brand new Shar Habitachon. And it's an unbelievable book to have in your home this week before Rosh Hashanah or at the minimum during the Aserashimei Tshuva. So check it out, Shar Habitachon. And um, that's from Artscroll. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. All right. Um, a big thank you to our friends at the Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens, casinofarms.com, and Aaron's West Orange in New Jersey, aaronswestorange.com. Remember, as you get closer and closer to the brand new year, which is this Friday night, everybody, you want to make sure to have what you need for Yuntif. And the Aaron's has this amazing habit, really an incredible habit, of having great prices, wonderful specials, and fantastic service all under one roof. If you haven't experienced it yet, check it out. Aaron's Casino Farms, casinofarms.com in Queens. Aaron's West Orange, Aaron's West Orange in New Jersey. Check it out and enjoy. Yitzchak Fuchs at JM in the AM.
בינו בוערים בעם, וכסילים מתי תשכילו. 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 Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com. On the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Tuesday here at JM in the AM, a historic Tuesday. White House Lawn, 12 noon Eastern time, a historic Tuesday. If your children and grandchildren, students and congregants do not understand the history today, please explain it to them. Tomorrow, plenty more, including Gedalia Zlotowitz from Art Scroll, as we get closer and closer to Rosh Hashanah this coming Friday night and the brand new year. Wishing everyone a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. Please continue to support our Rosh Hashanah campaign. It is uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.